lecture ten part three of the groundwork of the christian virtues by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture ten on the magnanimous character of humility part three the soul is one and simple and the will that moves the soul is one and simple when therefore the will moves the soul with the sovereign movement of affection towards the supreme object of her existence she must of necessity move away at the same time from the less things beneath her and must even give up herself to what is greater than herself which is the greatest act of magnanimity our divine lord has taught us this grand truth in his sermon on the mount he says lay not up to yourselves treasures on earth where the rust and moth consume and thieves break in and steal but lay up to yourselves treasures in heaven where neither the rust nor moth consume and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where thy treasure is there is thy heart also st matthew chapter six verses nineteen through twenty one then he gives us a beautiful illustration of the conduct of the will from the conduct of the eye and of the intention of the will from the attention of the eye the light of thy body is thine eye if thine eye be single thy body will be in light but if thine eye be evil thy body will be in darkness if then the light that is in thee be darkness the darkness itself how great shall it be the eye of the will is compared with the eye of the body if the eye is in an evil condition the whole body is left in darkness and if the intention of the will be in an evil condition the whole soul is in disorder if the will looks to the real treasure of the soul the whole soul partakes of that treasure but if the attention of the will is taken up with inferior things the whole soul suffers deterioration those lesser things become the treasure of the heart instead of the greater things and through abiding in little things the soul becomes little our lord then applies this instruction no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will sustain the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon the soul is no more her own object than the eye it is made for something else and to her object the soul is subject as the eye is subject to what it looks upon either the eye of intention is subject to god which makes her great souled or is subject to what is less than herself which makes her little souled to be subject to god is the magnanimity of humility and this brings her near to god which is a very great thing wherefore after further showing that it is the vice of the heathens to seek after those little things our lord concludes seek ye therefore the kingdom of god and his justice and all these things shall be added to you st matthew chapter six verses twenty two and thirty three 
and to show that whatever we attach ourselves to enters into the soul and makes it great or little good or evil he says elsewhere a good man out of a good treasure bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of an evil treasure bringeth forth evil things st matthew chapter twelve verse thirty five in this divine instruction we have the two sides of christian magnanimity presented to us the one on which the soul seeks the true honour and greatness in god and the other on which she renounces herself and whatever is less than herself for god whereby she contends against dishonour and refuses degradation as she aspires to god she is great by charity as she refuses to be attached to herself to any false idea of herself or to things less than herself she is great by humility st john chrysostom therefore asserts the principle and argues it through a discourse that he is magnanimous and sublime who is truly humble this virtue he says makes the soul healthy and elevated enables a man to do great things makes him sweet and gracious to all men and peaceful within himself whilst the arrogance of pride comes to a debased mind and an illiberal soul but whoever has the sense of moderation is not high-minded even in great things whilst the debased soul thinks in a high-minded way even of little things and makes much of them to reach sublimity from the ground of humility we must take the true measure of human things that we may be enkindled with the desire of divine things because we can be humble in no other way than by the love of divine things and the contempt of present things but as to face the true knowledge of oneself to pursue it thoroughly and to act upon that knowledge faithfully is the most difficult of all things demanding great courage and the great sacrifice of our natural inclinations it is undeniable that true humility demands great magnanimity and on this view of the virtue a distinguished spiritual writer has defined it in these terms humility is the courage which applies the truth to ourselves in its rigour and completeness and which carries it out into all its consequences the magnanimous character of humility is shown in its long and stubborn conflict with pride that most subtle secret tenacious and destructive evil to the soul the first evil to enter the soul and the last to be exterminated this is the greatest of all human difficulties only to be mastered by the most arduous efforts to overcome oneself and to accomplish the destruction of one's pride and self-love the first part of this difficulty is to know oneself a work demanding great courage and perseverance the second is to bring what is wrong in us to judgment and conviction the third is to execute justice and to apply reformatory punishment the last is to devote oneself to the reformation of the criminal but when this criminal is not another but one's very self 
this is a difficulty so great and so liable to recur that it demands a most magnanimous humility in a well-known literary work dr johnson gave a voice to this side of human nature that is terrible in its truth very few he writes can boast of hearts which they dare lay open to themselves and of which by whatever accident exposed they do not shun a distinct and continuous view and certainly what we hide from ourselves we do not show to a friend the natural man shrinks from entering into himself he has neither the light nor the courage to explore the weaknesses that he would there discover he is inclined rather to censure such self-introspection as a morbid disposition of mind confounding the morbid things discovered there with the eye that sees them there may unquestionably be a morbid habit of self-introspection when the mind is under the dominion of fancies and delusions but this is an abuse and not the legitimate use of self-knowledge that true knowledge of one's self on which humility is founded is the result of cooperation with the light and grace of god but to obtain this self-knowledge effectually and to rectify the evils discovered demands great courage and magnanimity especially if the evils that spring from self-love vanity and pride are to be vigorously pursued to their extermination for this cannot be accomplished by any powers of our own nor in a short period of time nor without arduous labours in conjunction with the light and grace of god for pride cannot correct pride nor vanity expel vanity nor self-love overcome self-love this can only be done by a brave and vigorous siding of the will with the light and help of god but the first difficulty is to see ourselves as god sees us which can only be done by taking the side of god against ourselves a routine examination of conscience is one thing and quite a shallow proceeding a vigorous effort to track our evil thoughts inclinations and acts to their origin in self-love sensuality or pride and to follow these down to their cause in our weak and changeable nature and our native nothingness is altogether another thing which brings us to the deep ground we have for being humble this will discover to us that all our weakness and defilement comes of separating from god the source of all strength and purity we then see how far we are on a false foundation and can only recover our true one through the most complete subjection to god but except in rare and miraculous conversions resulting from a great and sudden gift of humility from god this great transfer of the soul from self to god is not accomplished at once nor without long and persevering efforts of the will for after the grace of pardon and justification has been received many inclinations of nature must be sacrificed and this is only done at the cost of conflicts and through patience under humiliating failures 
not losing confidence in god because of them since it is not he but we who have failed and making a generous application of the means at our disposal before the great work is so far accomplished as to give habitual peace and security to the soul it is very difficult for a man to bring his spiritual eyes into the depths of his soul and to see the true springs of his actions this is the work of interior reflection and interior reflection is difficult to most people but god is a strong helper to good will yet those who go below the surface of the soul or the concrete acts recorded in their memory are not very numerous the plants shoot through the soil but their roots are invisible yet the quality of the roots determines the quality of what springs up from them so it is with the roots of evil until we get at them we can have but a shallow surface knowledge of ourselves and can deal only with the effects and not with the causes of evil of two souls that take account of themselves one sees but the facts that remain in the memory the other sees the secret movements towards evil in the deep region of the soul the last has self-knowledge the first but remembrance the magnanimous character of humility is also shown in the fortitude with which we persevere in holding ourselves down to that just and true position which belongs to us never advancing until god advances us and that in spite and contempt of every natural impulse to false elation or the assumption of a place or character that does not belong to us pride has a certain ferocity of self-assumption even in its more subtle ways and this is false and weak but humility is gentle just and sincere which are the attributes of power understand from this that nothing is strong out of its true place humility must also be brave and magnanimous in holding herself steadfast to her height above the opinions of the world for her true place is under god the world's thoughts are not his thoughts nor the world's ways his ways but far beneath them to suffer the soul to be touched or influenced by the vain opinions of the world is to expose her to deterioration the humble soul must therefore despise the levity of remark the offensive satire and the ironical flattery in which the thoughtless world is apt to indulge out of insolent pride against the ways of humility these however are but external trials that have no real influence over solid humility there is another danger that is internal and consequently far more serious and that is the fascinating influence of human respect which is apt to run kindness into compliance and fear of offence into compromise this gives occasion to many subtle falls from consistency but true magnanimity knows how to make the gentle sacrifice of human respect to the sincerity that belongs to humility and calm courage is the shield that protects this delicate virtue from the tremulous movements of human respect 
but we rise to the sublime heights of humility and hold to them with firmness and constancy when we adhere to god and abide in subjection to his sovereign dominion knowing that our good is from him and not from ourselves trusting in him that he will fully fulfil all his promises and humbly conversing with him in prayer as a child with a loving father it is a noble part of this magnanimity to follow in obedience every grace and inspiration that moves us to acts of generosity and invites us to self-sacrifice it is another part of magnanimity to receive all things from the hand of god and to use them only according to his will as abraham refused that any one but god should enrich him for this is the sublime way of humility that a man be poor in himself and rich in god we will conclude this lecture with a solid instruction drawn from a rare book that is seldom met with the mightiest shield against our adversaries is humility st john climacus calls it the tower of strength against our enemies to be effective it must have certain conditions first it must not be mean or pusillanimous but high and magnanimous the humble man must distrust himself altogether and wholly trust in god he must enter into the powers of the lord and partake of his fortitude and constancy then he will not only resist sin and temptation but will become in a certain way unconquerable by sin st john affirms this whosoever abideth in christ sinneth not and whosoever is born of god committeth not sin one john chapter three verses six through nine and st paul exhorts us let no temptation take hold of you but such as is human and god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able that is beyond what you are able to resist one corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen the holy spirit counsels us to unite this magnanimous humility in a firm adhesion with the love of god as a security against all temptation son when thou comest to the service of god stand in justice and fear and prepare thy soul for temptation humble thy heart and endure wait on god with patience join thyself to god and endure that thy life may be increased in the latter end ecclesiasticus chapter two verses one through three separate thyself from thyself by humility join thyself to god in the bond of charity bound in this chain of charity saint paul was certain that nothing whatever could separate him from the love of god neither tribulation nor anguish neither height nor depth neither things present nor things to come humility must also be magnanimous in despising the temptations of evil spirits and in making little of them they are fallen creatures overpowered by christ through his death he suffered them to tempt him and then overcame them in himself 
that as st peter chrysologus says having been once conquered by christ they might give place to every christian who invokes the name of christ against them and that as st jerome says christ might hand them over to his disciples to be trodden on which in fact his apostle exhorts us to do be wise in good and simple in evil and the god of peace crush satan speedily under your feet romans chapter sixteen verses nineteen and twenty let magnanimity then be the just condition of your humility for this is a holy combination magnanimous humility humble magnanimity as much as to say humility and charity these are the two wheels of the sacred chariot on which you ascend to god charity carries you up humility keeps you safe from falling the third condition of humility is to mortify the passions this wrenches them out of the power of the adversary and turns them into instruments of good the fourth condition of humility is to be grateful for all blessings received for as the fathers say true humility is not blind but enlightened to know and acknowledge the gifts received from god to give their honour to the divine majesty and to be grateful but it is a very great benefit to conquer temptations because this comes of the effective grace of god the fifth condition of humility is for the soul to keep herself in a lowly state through self-knowledge that she may justly ascribe the glory of victory over her enemy to god and may attach nothing of it to herself this is the perfect humility that not only protects the soul from evil and makes her safe under temptation but which conquers in every hand-to-hand -hand conflict with the enemy humility then is magnanimous in courage and ardent in charity is mortified in the passions and grateful for blessings is elevated in the light of divine truth and lowly in self-knowledge this armory with its five weapons of perfect humility was possessed by the blessed virgin mary who celebrates its power in her sublime canticle it made her mighty against the powers of evil and sinless end of lecture ten part three